Welcome to Project Quantum Leap, the podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Andrew. I'm Sydney. Three fans, three generations, three unique perspectives, one leap back into a television phenomenon. Today, we follow Ben on a time loop that really blows. Shout out to Owl's Place, of course, for providing all the episode information that we use in the beginning of our show. So um, this episode, the leap date is September 12th, 1962. The location is a top secret nuclear reactor near Fort Worth, Texas. The leapy, yes. (laughs) (laughs) When Ben leaps into one of five people in an elevator at a 1962 nuclear reactor, he must figure out which one triggers a bomb that kills them all. Each time the bomb goes off, he leaps into another one of them an hour earlier, resetting the scene. We had Ian back. We did. We did. I missed them. Okay, before we go anywhere, their hair. Yeah. Lit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was just so happy to see them again that, you know, their hair could have looked like anything. It gave me a more mature early 2000s frosted tips vibe yeah Yeah, like an elevated frosted tips yeah yeah more more mature evolved (laughs) uh frosted tips yes yes i will say i hate when spoilers are given in like the title of a show so i feel like the impact of ben dying was lessened by going to the streaming app and seeing what the title of the show was, Leap, Die, Repeat. So I was told by reading the title that he's going to die, but it's not going to matter. And that kind of sucked when it happened. Because I was like, well, there's no emotional weight to this now. I hadn't seen the title yet at the at the time. So I was like, <gasps> I had... Well, the- that's why I didn't say anything yeah. out loud when it happened. Because I yeah. figured, based on your reaction, yeah. that... You didn't know what to expect. Okay. I, I, that's the thing. I wish I had also experienced that. I, I have a question. Um, yeah. I, I also had that, like, oh, yeah, he's going to be fine because, you know. Plot armor. Yeah. But um, <laughs> how do they keep track of his vitals if he's not in his own body? Yeah. That's a, I, that is a good point. <laughs> I, I was like, well, I know he did. Because you know how the astronauts used to have. Well, I think they might even still do it. How they used to have all, like, the monitors on them and everything so you know make sure they're not dying up in space well are they vitals as they would appear on ben's body or are they the vitals of the person whose body he's in well how would they have vitals of the person whose bodies he's in he's not there the same way they have all the stuff they have (laughs) (laughs) the magic of fiction yeah yeah I i think um i think they're probably just playing with the lore to make the emotional impact which is fine TV shows do that. The original TV show did that. But it brings up funny scenarios where you have to question. Like, how are they monitoring? How? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, but, it seemed like the majority of what they were able to see was just the brain. But yeah, then they pulled back and showed like the whole body. Yeah. Yeah. Like it looked like a nervous system or maybe his yeah. circulatory system or something. Maybe they are saying that they have the technology to deduce all of those other things just based on the brain activity. You know what? He got microchipped when he got his COVID test. Oh, yes. That's how it happened. Or when he signed up for the Project Quantum Leap. They, they COVID tested him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I 
need to clarify, I do not believe that. I just think it's funny. Yeah, yeah. His uh, 5G chip. Yeah. <laughs> it's a quantum chip. Um, but, like, if we want to try to explain it, we might be able to look deeper at, like, how the project itself is different from the other project, the original project, in that we still don't know where Ben's body is. Yeah. And so we don't know the implications, like... I think we have seen a few allusions to the fact that the leap, uh, the leapy's body, or I'm sorry, the leapy's consciousness might not be coming to the waiting room. I mean, yeah, waiting room. Yeah. Well, because there isn't one. Yeah. We haven't heard mention of it. We don't know for certain, but it seems like there's not. Well, I think Ben's the, body is probably somewhere. Yeah. The, well, the writers, the writers have said there's no waiting room. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, yeah. Um, so both bodies are cohabitating the body in the past. Yes. Yeah, I think there's enough information to deduce that much. Yeah. Um, which means maybe if Ben's consciousness dies his body, wherever it is, also dies, and they can monitor that? Possibly, right? if, yeah. Because I think if we use original show logic, if uh, if Sam were to die in a leap, then the leapy would be stuck in Sam's body yes. in the future. But since that's not happening, I think we could deduce that they can monitor Ben's vitals in wherever he is, assuming that he is somewhere. Um, because there's also still the possibility that his body isn't anywhere and it's in quantum space or it was immediately transported to the point in time when he comes back. But if his body is somewhere, they could monitor it. Okay, that makes sense. That makes so sense. like once once Ben's consciousness ceases to be, then his body would also die. Okay. So there's there's my best um, my best attempt at practical explanation for how they explain how they're monitoring his vitals. Um, <laughs> I'm just sitting here going Yeah. How are they but doing my, this? Does he have yeah. a heart rate monitor or something going on there? Yeah. But that aside, um, it's probably just for the for the drama, which is fine. Yeah. What I thought was interesting was that this really showed that every single leap is pre planned. It's not like there are, you know, these hypothetical ones that he could potentially go to as long as he gets to a specific destination. Like, the entire thing is definitely pre-planned every single leap because now we know that if an event that he's meant to correct in a leap doesn't go, like, if he fails at it, he can't just go back and redo it again from somebody else's perspective because, in theory... By that logic, he could have done that, like, at any other point, and then the stakes are, like, nowhere near as high. Because, like, if he failed at any of the other leaps up until this point, presumably then that meant that he has the ability to go back and restart the leap, but, like, from somebody else who it affects. Well, so yeah, it alters the suspense of it all. How I, yeah, how whereas, I took it, though... Sorry, go ahead. Well, you finish. Well, what I think is that, it, like, the fact that they showed us that that wasn't necessarily what this was. Yeah. There was a reason why, pre-planned specifically, he had to do this leap four times or five times. Like, each of yeah. 
he, he had to see it through the eyes of each of these people. It was this specific leap was planned to happen multiple times. And that, yeah, that, that has bigger implications about the entire process. Like, so everything is definitely like whatever the big overarching plan was for Ben's trajectory, whoever it is that's behind it knows that every single leap is going to have to play out a certain way. Yeah. Well, I also took it as, um, because it was a nuclear reactor that maybe it screwed with Oh yeah. whatever was going on. Because Well, that's what Janice specifically said, actually. The, because, well, hmm. the, I was looking at the original Quantum Leap, like when certain things would happen to Sam that would directly affect Quantum Leap, it was just because... What sort I'm looking for? Like, it was something weird and out of deus, place. Deus, deus, deus ex machina story reason. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it was like something weird and out of place, like um, when they're putting up an antenna at a radio station and Al starts to glow, it was like the feedback is... Oh, yeah. Screwing with his... Like so, the tech was crossing, yeah, crossing yeah, streams. Yeah, that's what I'm going... <laughs> yeah, don't cross the streams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also thought um, it was kind of funny that the, oh, the line about um, flashing forward a little bit, but when Addison was telling Magic that it was like Ben was a ghost, and I was like, well, you, you know who to call. Because <laughs> <laughs> there he is. He already got him right there. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know what? I, I, I thought that was a good scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was what did he say? Uh, I wrote it down you somewhere because I it resonated with me. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, Grief doesn't keep a schedule; it just shows up. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, there was more. There was more after that, but that was like the synopsis. Yeah. It's a um, it's just more evidence pointing to magic went to therapy after he came back from Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> well, what I was noticing too was that he was like. He had a little moment like that with a bunch of the members of the team just in this episode. Yeah. And then each of those team members also kind of have had had a moment like that where they were the therapist. So it's like he has definitely passed along what he has learned and his wisdom to his team, to his kids. He's a <laughs> because, good dad. <laughs> yeah. Because Quantum they're all dad. doing it for each other now. Um, I definitely think that, um, in particular, I was noticing like when Ian was talking that the scene with Ian and Janice, um, was very poignant to me because I think they were like able to look at it from an objective standpoint and like step back and be like, Hey, this person isn't an enemy. Yeah. And, you know, she has a different perspective than we do and that Addison does, but ultimately like are we really on opposing sides like and then they tried to appeal to Janice in a very human way in a way that sounded very much like how magic talks (laughs) he's imparted his wisdom upon them I want to know though how the hell magic talked to a therapist and didn't sound Absolutely, yeah, absolutely batshit insane. Yeah, what language did he specifically I f- choose? Here's, here's my headcanon. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he probably went through therapy before he understood what happened. Okay. And to him, it it was probably re- like treating repressed memories. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I'm creating in my in my own lore here yeah. to understand well, how plus, he doesn't get institutionalized. That would yeah. make sense too because they probably they're probably like, okay, he's repressing these because it's PTSD. Exactly. I yeah, was going to say totally. a lot of his symptoms like a lot of the the issues he's dealing with as a result of being leapt into and everything really parallel with PTSD issues and like that's kind of the whole point of why his character was chosen to go through this path because it's something that lines up very well yeah. with those kinds of issues so people who've gone through that can relate to it so I think that h- him phrasing what he was going through to a therapist would just be like yep this is this is PTSD post combat like that makes a lot of sense yeah and I do I was going to say, even just saying, you know, it wasn't me that was there. Okay, well, you're mentally removing yourself from the situation. Mm -hmm. So. It also makes me want to go back to the conversation we just had a few minutes ago about um, where the consciousnesses are. Because, yes, in the context of, I don't remember the episode name, but the one with magic in it. The Leap Home Part 2. Yeah, the leap home part two. Um, in that context, it, during that show's runtime, magic would have been in Sam's body in the waiting room. But this show technically has the ability to retcon that. Oh no no so no! So whether or not they do, the, the, there's the waiting room still exists in the old show. The new they technology negates the need for a waiting room. Okay, so yeah. there is. So there, you don't think there's a possibility that they will say that magic and Sam's consciousnesses, consciousnesses, consci, well, <laughs> would be in the same body. Um, they say that there's a piece of the host still there, but that their body or their their con- mind is in mm-hmm. Sam's body in the waiting room. So. When Magic talked about it in the news show, I'm trying to remember how he discovered he was left into. So, um, when did he just look up files when he got clearance and probably figured out? Um, how Al like kind of explained said. it was, you know, Sam has Swiss cheese brain when he goes into a leap. Yeah, and the person he leaps into when they go back, they have that Swiss cheese brain too, and their memories get kind of mixed together. So they could totally believe they had these experiences when they actually didn't. That's how I always understood it. Like they remember it, but they remember it as an out-of-body experience. Kind of, yeah. That makes sense. I think I want to go back and watch a couple of the first episodes. Because I know Magic talked about it, and I want to remember what he said. Yeah. About um, discovering Quantum Leap and discovering that Sam had left into him because that would be um I'm sure once pertinent I think <laughs> I'm sure yeah, I'm sure once he got that clearance and found out about the project he probably did a lot of digging and the government probably had tabs on him too yeah I mean I imagine they would keep tabs on every single person that was altered in some way yeah in whatever capacity they could right because there's the whole like um 
I don't know what it's called. Time bleeding? I don't know. Where where the, the history changes. So how can they keep the records of what things used to be? Well, they have Ziggy. And, yeah. and once they shut down the project, I'm sure there were files and stuff that they had access to. So. To add on to Magic's character and the stuff that he's going through, I feel like this episode really highlighted the, the amount of guilt that he carries. Um, it's very clear that he holds himself responsible f personally for the loss of Sam, even though it's really not his fault Yeah, what happened. And there's no reason to believe that it was his there. fault. Um, but he holds himself really responsible for it. And then he also feels like this huge guilt for not allowing Janice to join the project when he had the chance. Like he talks about how he wished that he had just let her claim her birthright. Um, and I think part of why he feels that way is because like it's almost like he's trying to make amends for yeah. what happened with Sam. And he talks about how he still has, has hope, like in that moment where he was talking to Addison about it, like he still has hope that maybe they'll find Sam. Like he hasn't fully given up, yeah. but he's still dealing with a lot of guilt about it. Yeah. I think, I think um, a big part of that isn't so much that he feels he lost him. I think he feels like, hey, this guy saved me, and why can't I save him? Even yeah. though, for all we know, maybe Sam doesn't need to be saved. Yeah. But who's mm -hmm. who knows that if he's not, he's got no way to communicate that. That's the other thing I was thinking about during this episode. Is, um, like, Sam... The way we age, right, our cells divide so often it loses some of its data and then eventually something fails to the point of us not being able to survive anymore unless we get taken out by a sickness or an event or something, right? So, like, since Sam's consciousness is not removed from his body, will he die of old age or will he just eternally be in the quantum realm? Well, now he is... Um... He is like Bruce Willis in Sixth Sense, where he's dead, but he's still helping people. Not a sponsor. <laughs> or a ghost. But he could be a ghost. He could be. I ain't afraid of no Bruce Willis ghost. If we saw him as a ghost, would we know he was a ghost? I don't... Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. Like... I think after the sixth sense, everyone should question when they meet Bruce Willis whether or not he's actually alive. Be like, hold on, let me just give you a, like, let me just poke you. <laughs> See, I I was gonna go with um, him turning into Michael Landon from Highway to Heaven or whatever it's called, or or Touched by an Angel, you know, one of those shows. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no, Bruce Willis fits better. <laughs> <laughs> Necessary. That happened earlier. But yeah. Wait, what? I was gonna, that, that happened earlier than it usually does. We yeah. found it. We yeah. found our, our moment sooner than we usually do. But it's still a legitimate question. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Does his consciousness last eternity? Now that. He, I presume his body is no longer around. Unless they, like, iced it or something. It's under Disneyland. 
Yeah, we figured oh, yeah, this out already. Right. It's underneath Universal. Oh, oh yeah, Universal. Um, <laughs> okay. Underneath the backlog. So there was an episode. I forget what it was called, but there was a woman in the episode. She was actually an angel, and she kept coming back to this point in time because she had to fix something that went wrong. And she could see Sam for who he was. She could see Al. And wow. um, I'm wondering... And she was... Um, that was like her penance. I guess she lived like not a great life, and that was her mm. penance was to uh, fix these rights that went wrong, kind of. So I'm wondering if maybe Sam just kind of, you know, if he dies, he just kind of moves on and goes that route. He just has this everlasting. I mean, he's a leaper for all eternity. Yeah. <laughs> Except with that logic, since all eternity is longer than the finite time that human history has existed eventually sam will have fixed every wrong that ever happens in all of human history oh yeah that's true god's like that's okay totally you nice gotta to stop <laughs> you gotta yeah. stop so did you guys think at the beginning like when ben first died and then he came back in the in the body of the next person did it occur to you that like you know, oh, this is because he has to relive these events as every person until he gets to the right one that he's supposed to be in? Or um, did it seem like a more of a Groundhog Day situation to you at first? To me, it felt more like Groundhog Day. Like, like maybe he can't leap into the same person twice, so mm -hmm. that's why he's leaping a different person. Maybe not necessarily because he has to be in a certain person for it to work. Yeah, because do you do you feel like like he could have, in theory, figured out what he figured out as any of the people? Exactly. But maybe not because he, like they said, each order was pre-planned. Like each leap was pre-planned in that specific order. So well, we don't know the details of that, right? Yeah. We don't know if it was just the time period. Or the specific people. Yeah. Like, did he have to go to 1962, or did he have to fix this specific incident? Okay, and I have another question. Mm. You know how they were talking about how they were running out of people in the elevator? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they show a sixth person, not in the elevator, but, like, in the building. I'm like, okay, so he can't leave Oh, you mean when, when the janitor was trying to get into the building? Yeah. And then the, the other soldier showed up? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, well, there's your sixth person right there. Well, there's also the two that salute as soon as the elevator yeah. actually opens up. So there's was he like one of those guys? I, I feel like that was one of the same. He, those might have been one of the same people. So at most, we could say seven. Yeah. But possibly eight. Or, yeah, or did no, it have I, to I be specific too. to the elevator? Well, they did mention... Well, just the people that were in that, that Ziggy room. Ziggy knew it was one of the people in the elevator that did it. Well, also, specifically those five people were the ones whose deaths were covered up. True. By the government. Yeah. yeah. The government doesn't do stuff like that. Like, presumably, those other two soldier guys might not have even died. Like, they might have made it out of there. They're like, all right, my shift's over. Yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't a nuclear explosion. It was a hydrogen explosion. Yeah. yeah. If it was a nuclear explosion, <laughs> there had been a lot more than five deaths. Yeah. And the government might not have shit to cover up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, there wouldn't have been a way to cover it up. You can't. They're like, 
Fort Worth is Chernobyl Part 2. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have been Chernobyl Part 1 at that point. What? Yeah, Chernobyl 62. Yeah, okay. So they would have called but, that um, Fort Worth Part 2. Although, you know what? They might have been able to cover it up because I don't know in the 60s, especially the early 60s, that everyone worldwide had the ability to monitor radioactive levels. No. Like, we knew Chernobyl happened because we, we could monitor that stuff at that point. Yeah. I don't think we could back then. So I mean, a lot reckless. of people believe many things oh. back then were covered up, like, and or fabricated. Like, there are plenty of people out there who believe we were covering stuff up left and right in the 60s. We got, like, Area 51. We got the fake moon landing. <laughs> like, the, the opinions are there. <laughs> Look, Area 51... Was just a bunch of weapons testing, and then conspiracy theorists said it must have been aliens, and the government thought that was a better thing for the public to know than you know classified weapons testing. So I am absolutely positive the government not only let it happen but fed into it. Oh yeah, for sure. Well yeah, but it still goes to show that like even in the '60s, like they had the power to sort of oh, man- yeah. manipulate what people thought about what was happening. But you know what else on on a yeah. Google Maps, like mm-hmm. maybe even just like ten years ago, Groom Lake was like all blacked out on Google Maps, and I went back to it recently, and it's not blacked out anymore. So did Area Fifty One get declassified? Yeah, it did. Like seven years ago, I think. You didn't know that? I stopped keeping up with it after a while because I it, not like a hundred percent. Yeah. Of it. But they acknowledged its existence and stuff. That's the thing, like, okay, you acknowledge... Well, yeah, I knew they acknowledged it, but I mean... They also I'm like, I thought it was still kind of secretish. like, you're not supposed to be there. Well, obviously you're not supposed to be there, but... Yeah. Nobody Naruto run to Area 51, you could be shot. <laughs> well, plus, even <laughs> no if they... No matter what it is, it's still a military base. Yeah. Yeah. But even if, hypothetically, they opened it up for tours tomorrow... And they were like, see, look, come check it out. No aliens, no secret stuff. It's just a military base, just like all the other ones. That still doesn't explain, like, what they could have been doing there decades ago. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. people would still people well, would still not sure be satisfied. Well, i stealth bomber was developed and researched and tested there. Yeah. Because they had alien technology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really but, hope... Yeah, they, they declassified Area 51, yeah. but they also released shit tons of like classified ufo stuff that nothing ever came of like they they can't classify it for whatever reason and they they held on to it for so long they were just like here you go have this yeah and then then it was like let's raid area 51 yeah so this episode did make me think about like that chunk of time right when when area 51 first started being a like a thing in our consciousness and the idea of um like well what we think of as sci-fi classics now a lot of them were really shaped during that time and our like fear of the outside of fear of space and the fact that we were both fascinated by our ability to explore space in the 60s and also terrified of it what did that mean blah blah like that's why so much science fiction science fiction was you know birthed during that time so i was already yeah being, i mean reminded of that during this so i hope that we have another episode similar to the exorcism one but 
about like aliens and we have sort of like an X-Files-ish homage because one, that would be another great 90s homage, like how last yeah. time we got a really good ER one. X-Files was arguably one of the hugest like cultural phenomenons of the 90s. And to do that sort of like um, ambiguous, like, was it an alien? Maybe it was. Like something like that that's sort of set in this same um, space age, Area 51 time of things i think would be really yeah. so, that would make for cool i was going to mention that ray bradbury would have been 42 yeah. and i don't know what i don't know in what order his books were all released yeah. but you know um, but yeah that just goes back to being that age where science fiction like so much of what we know of science fiction was born of that era yep. so okay one there was a quantum leap episode about aliens sure two so I want to see them do that again. Yeah, not in, that, I mean, not in not in this iteration. We haven't. Yeah, had yet, not in this but, iteration. Yeah. Two. Are you a Mulder or a Scully? Oh, I'm a Scully. I'm absolutely a Mulder. <laughs> like I, this. <laughs> I was a Scully, but now I am 100% a Mulder. I'm like, oh my god, I grew up to be a Mulder. <laughs> I mean, probably not to the same extent oh, that, no, no. that that his character is. Like I, but the concept not just exclusive to aliens but to just things that are weird in general i think my mind is more open to those sorts of things and like there are many things like that that i want to believe are possible yeah and some i really don't um (laughs) okay actually okay let me let me redefine this (laughs) i believe aliens have to exist logically because statistically logically the chaos and randomness of the universe demands mathematically that life has to be out there on other planets somewhere. I do not believe they've visited us and had influence on our life or our society. Wait, no, no, no. Queen Elizabeth was a reptile. No, I'm joking. No, yeah. Did you? Did I what? Uh, the, I, I was asking if I sent you a meme, but I did because I'm looking at it on Slack right now. Uh, the X Files, nineteen ninety three to twenty eighteen. Mulder, listen to me. Mulder, no. <laughs> every episode of the X Files. That's that. It sums up every episode that has happened, season one through eleven. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. What if we got David Duchovny to be a guest star on an X Files tribute episode? I would die. I was like so infatuated with him growing up. Yeah. He's still fucking awesome. I know, right? We just watched him. Um, he did the GQ, or no, the Wired autocomplete interview thing. Yeah. He did one very recently. That's pretty cool. That's funny. Well, well, I, I remember he was doing the one. I don't remember the autocomplete one. I remember him doing the thing where he breaks down all of his characters. It was oh, like yeah. Character Is that Wired? Is it GQ? I don't it was know. One of those. One, one but of those it was, magazines. Yeah. But he was just doing, like, a breakdown talking about all of his, um, you know, most well-known characters. And a lot of stuff that he went through in real life, um, a lot of his art, like, reflected that. It was really, really interesting. Total sidebar. We're also not sponsored by David Duchovny. But he would be a great... (laughs) He would be a great... um, guest on quantum leap yeah so if he ever hears this and wants to come be a guest we are down for it (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. certainly he'd be a and great guest a, here, but he would also just be a great yeah. guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs> on, I mean, he'd be a great guest on any show. Yes. Um, but it was Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair does oh, okay. the David Duchovny breaks down his career from blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I love that he talks so about um, the hand model character from Zoolander. Like the fact that he, yeah, <laughs> they take the time <laughs> to talk about that part. Like, yeah, hell yeah. Honestly, it was just a good interview. Yeah. Period. And it's where I learned that he did a movie called California as well as the show California. Oh my God. <laughs> I'd never heard of the movie though. I, I heard of the show. I remember it had some issues with the chili peppers because they have a song called Californication mm-hmm. and they were like, um, hi. Yeah. I just assumed they were like, they coincided. That That's but, what I assumed too until I yeah. saw, oh, no, they're not happy. I actually, that, that song came on uh, my Sirius XM today. I was. <laughs> Emily has I it do... on her retro mix. Oh wow, wow. that hurts! Wait, what song? Californication. Oh, Californication. Yeah. yeah. It was already like the two thousands when that song came out, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah. Like early though. Okay, well, uh, we um, she also like did a uh, a super sad cry face when I told her the GameCube was retro, but that came out in the same era. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 99. So she can't think that song is retro if she doesn't think GameCube is retro. Yeah. Uh, the song is 1999, um, so I guess. She still gives me shit for giving away her GameCube when we got the Wii. I bought her a new I one. Know, but she still gives me shit. A better one. Yeah. <laughs> a better one. Yeah. That w- Look, I wasn't going to give it back. I already modified yeah. it. <laughs> I was like, dude. The Wii plays your games. Yeah. Alright, I, I have to I have to argue a little bit because it's not the same. No, no don't don't guys, she better guys, not listen to this. Guys. <laughs> but that's why I got her a new GameCube, a wireless controller, and modified it to play off SD cards so it doesn't even like have to use discs anymore. That's bomb. So she shouldn't complain. Segway of the ages. Oh my god, yeah, yeah how do we get from <laughs> X-Files to GameCube. So this I mean, 60s. I can recap because I remember yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, David Duchovny to California to Californication yeah. <laughs> to Red Hot Chili Peppers to being retro to GameCube being retro. Wow. Look at us. Yeah. Going back to David Duchovny, though, I do think it's that Vanity Fair interview where uh, he basically discloses that um, he was cast first and they asked him his opinion on which of the three uh, actresses that they were debating about uh, should be Scully, and he said Jillian Anderson because he thought that she was hot, or something. That, to that, that sounds like David Duchovny. Yeah. Well, he is an actual sex addict, so that that checks. <laughs> so, 1960s sci-fi. Ray Bradbury. You know, it's, it's like when you're on Wikipedia looking at one thing and you end up looking at like the mating habits of swordfish and you mm, don't know how you yeah. got there. That's yeah. exactly what this was. Uh, speaking of, we went to um, the Shark Reef Aquarium. The Shark Reef Aquarium in Las Vegas. Yeah. And a sawfish uh, decided to sleep on top of the glass tunnel. Oh no. And yeah, you could really see that sawfish's butthole. <laughs> Yeah, it was really lewd. It was. Yeah, it was. It was like. It was just laying splayed out. It was all squished totally up against the glass. Like, gross. check it out, guys. 
something I never personally thought to expect to witness. Something I'd never thought about ever. <laughs> there it was, just staring at me. Oh, look, they have buttholes. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. There's the segue of all time. Yep. Uh, sawfish buttholes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh. We're funny. <laughs> Sawfish Butthole's not a sponsor. But it is a good band name. <laughs> Sawfish Butthole. <laughs> no, no, no. Sawfish Taint. <laughs> Somehow that's worse. That's way worse. <laughs> that's more metal. <sighs> so anyway, 1960s sci-fi. I... <laughs> um... The sawfish butthole actually did kind of look like a very sci-fi thing. I'm I'm tagging Christina in our, the picture we posted of it so you can see it because I did take a picture of it. Um, but it does look like something that would be in Area 51. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, okay. Back so, to the episode. I will say I back to the episode. I did really enjoy that the janitor, which is the the character that ends up being the one that solves the mystery the one that ben ends up landing into you know wrap it all up um i like that that guy was it was a sci-fi nerd i think that like the fact that he was just grateful to be mopping up the floor in a place like that so he could like witness something that would be in one of the books that he read was just really like wholesome and sweet um I really liked that guy, and I was really hoping that he was not the bad guy <laughs> the whole time. I was like, that's going to be a really dirty move. I think they set it up to look like he was. Yeah, but I doubted it the whole time. I was like, they better not. Yeah, yeah I not. I was hoping, like like Sydney, I was hoping it wasn't him, but they did. They kind of like set it up to where I was looking. Because they, they focused on that mopping of the soda spill, yeah. and on the first pass when he's the colonel, they even put focus on him. Why are you down here? Yeah. I don't remember who said it. Uh, the it happened a couple of the times. So, yeah, so they set it up to give us the suspicion. And he was just like um, so in awe, like, oh my god. Yeah. I was I was fairly certain it was a bait and switch when Ben was the interviewer and interviewed him. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, nah, that's too genuine. Yeah. <laughs> he was too excited um, to be there. I do yeah i do kind of wish they had i think more realistically shown the uphill battle ben should have had being a black guy in 1962 trying to tell a white colonel of the military what's going on because i don't think it was very realistically shown Uh, they just kind of just the colonel too easily trusted him, and that doesn't seem to represent what probably would have happened in 1962. Probably not, but I also think that how it stood, they were at a stalemate, and the colonel either had to hear what he had to say yeah. or shoot him, and <laughs> that could cause a problem. He's like, okay, well, I can just shoot him if he's, you know, if he's lying eventually, so just. Go ahead, say what you got to say. Yeah, I know. I don't mean to speak well of the government, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do believe 
that people of color did have an easier time getting a job for the government than uh, public or um, private institutions at that time period, though. You know, like the, um, oh, I can't remember the names and I feel bad, but the, uh, the, the ladies who did like a shit ton of the NASA mathematics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that, that kind of stuff. But it was also covered up that they were like the brain of this operation until, you know, later on. I would argue the same probably happened to the janitor. He didn't get credit for solving. Probably not. The, uh, the, the, the. So it's like kudos. Scientists, guys. They, they are, they are hiring people regardless of race and gender, but also boo, you're still treating them like shit and not giving them credit where they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. So there, we don't have to give the government too much credit. Just a little bit. No. <laughs> Um, Hidden Figures is the movie about the women that you're talking yeah. about, Andrew. Um, I wanted to call it Numbers, but I was like, nah, that's yeah. not it. <laughs> yeah, Hidden Figures. Um, another very fascinating story. But yeah, I did also notice, um, yeah, I, I wondered that as well about, like, yeah, it would make sense that a black man would be a, a janitor at this time, but um, it was a little that surprising. That bother me. It was about, he was believed yeah um the the way that he was treated and listened to and um i mean yeah it was it was nice <laughs> but yeah i definitely think yeah. that I, I i questioned it too a little i was like would <laughs> the, the, the reality this, of yeah, it yes this, yeah. this would have played out in 1962 but i wasn't there obviously the 60s were very racist and they were not shy about it yes no i mean they were there was also the uh, I mean the civil rights movement happened in the sixties. Obviously, it was a step up from the fifties for a person of color, but yes, but yes. still uh, quite a quite a battle to go as there still is <laughs> in many ways. Yeah, um, I I still think that the I colonel was... only listened because he felt he didn't have any other choice. Yeah, because I don't That's see possible. I don't see him as being the um because I see the I'm sorry I see the colonel as being just as racist as everybody else. Yeah, probably. It wasn't said. Even though not everyone was. Yeah, no, yeah. but just <laughs> who he is, where he is. At this time in the 60s, would there have also been um, black men in the military serving with white men also? Was that a thing that was also happening? Because that the... Um, I mean, people of all races were allowed in the military ever since before World War One. But they weren't, like, segregated so, at all during this time. I am... Uh, it, it probably depends on the area. Texas, uh, probably. I segregated. Looking... Well, the reason I ask is because oh. of the other um, military guy that was that we, ta that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. The desegregation of the armed forces looks like 1948. Okay. So... Just making sure there wasn't, like, a... Um, something that was, like, inaccurate, you know? Yeah. Um, no, it, it looks like, I mean, I'm not saying they would have been treated very well because. Yeah. Yeah. No. But also he wasn't in the armed forces. He was just a, a but civil there was also employee. some other people of color that were in uniform. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't yeah. even notice. The yeah. other guy that we literally Oops. just mentioned a little bit ago. <laughs> oh. Who, um, when, the, yeah. when the janitor was going to go behind the door and then the military guy stopped him. Yeah. That was so another at, black man. At that point, um, yeah, they would have been in the same 
living and serving in the same, they wouldn't have been segregated. Mm -hmm. But anyway, in any case, it made me really happy that he ended up being the hero, the hero of the story, so to speak. He was just a wholesome character. He was, I was like, oh my God, I love this guy already. And as such. It was a good move too. From a political correctness. Yeah. But also I think um, he was the character that Ben as a like person could relate to the most because Ben right off the bat was geeking out about like, Oh my God, look where I am. Like he was, you know, mm. looking around like, oh, cause this is what I do. This is, you know, what would eventually become the career that, that I'm in. But this is like the early milestones of it, right? Like, wow, I get to be a part of this. And the janitor was the same in the same sort yeah. of position of like, wow. And I'd like to think that someday down the line, maybe he would have gone into a career as well. They actually no, they did say that he uh, ended up being a science fiction writer, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah which is, that's also pretty cool. I, I would have liked to read that book. Like, did he write, if he, he wrote he this wrote episode, his, yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> he wrote this episode. He wrote about, she said he wrote about his experiences. Like, did he have memories from Ben and he added a little bit of that time travel in there maybe yeah yeah like um the, the swiss cheese brain melding together over time yeah like that that would be kind of cool i have to imagine somebody in that mindset especially so early in the um like renaissance of science fiction yeah um would have a huge advantage having lived some of those experiences to make it into the fiction yeah so I, I think I think that's pretty cool. There's um, a science fiction author I enjoy, by the way, Eric Neoland. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but um, he write he wrote well. I discovered him because he wrote a Halo book, but he wrote a um, a book called Shattered Signal, and it's about this um, alien that he made contact with, with some faster than light communication that uh, taught him how to build a device that was basically um, an instant teleportation device. Oh. But like it, um, like you, it's like s- this sphere that you turn around and like you do this combinations and it will transport you from one place by using the rotational energy of the universe to instantly put you somewhere else and like closing like a, a wormhole or time space or whatever. But every time you use it, it uses up rotational a- energy from the planet. Oh. And so the guy accidentally destroys Earth. Wow. And I know this has nothing to do with what we're doing, but I highly recommend it. <laughs> well, That's just the beginning okay, of the book. So, That's not even a spoiler. So here's the thing. Technology, while good... Can, in the wrong and, hands. Yeah, can, and we see it firsthand right here. Well, that ends up being the crux of what this episode's about, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. The the guy who we perceive as the, the villain who was going to blow everybody up here was ultimately, he thought he was doing it for the greater good, that he was you know saving lives in the long run because this technology was going to be used for, for war and things of that nature. And the parallel to present day ends up being, you know, 
Ben has to sort of evaluate, Ben and Addison have to evaluate, like, in the grand scheme of things, is what we're doing actually a good and safe thing to be doing? Are we doing more good than we are potentially creating the possibility for more harm? Um, and I feel like that was a big hint in terms of what they're trying to stop from happening. Like, what the, yeah. the plot with Janice and everything has to... It probably has to do with that. Like, they're trying to keep the Quantum Leap project from being used for something nefarious. Yeah, and, like, I get that, that too. And I also thought of, yeah, they're saving lives, they're doing good, but by changing one person's history you could be making someone else's worse. Like, yeah. even just looking back at um, the original show, there were babies born because Sam changed someone's life. And yeah. then there were babies that were not, not born, born, people who never existed because Sam changed someone's life. Yeah. It's like, is that good or bad? Well, also, just, even you... just the principle of this technology existing in the first place there's a risk that the wrong people will get a hold of it and use it yeah. for to explicitly do things that are bad. Exactly. But then there's the grim side of that argument is it almost doesn't matter because even if it's prevented at that moment, it'll be discovered again. Yeah. And you can't it uh, so in the in the um in the in the world of quantum leap, the quantum leap project they could destroy everything about it and hide all of the discoveries they've made. But at some point in time, one or multiple people will be smart enough to basically be another Sam and probably create it. And the decision then becomes, it is inevitable that it will be created. Yeah. Nuclear weapons were going to be created yep. if we didn't create them the nazis would yep. have yeah if they didn't someone else would have discovered nuclear um fission. i think they even said um when we dropped the nuclear bombs uh germany was probably only days away from the technology yeah i i don't doubt it but that just goes to show like in that grim reality, it doesn't matter what technology is. If it's discoverable, eventually we will discover it, assuming we live long enough. Which ends up being the <laughs> lesson in the episode. Well, because... well, let me finish real quick. But that the choice then becomes to not get rid of it because if you are involved in it, then you can control more variables yeah. than if you let someone else take care of it. Yeah. Because it's going to be discovered, you might as well be involved with it and try to guide its outcome. There we go. Well, yeah, plus, like, the Sorry. potential that something bad could happen with it someday, that's a hypothetical. Whereas we can tangibly use this for good now. Is That ends up being yeah. what Ben's entire point of view is and how he, like, what his entire message is at the end of the episode to try to convince the bad dude to not push the button on the pen was like yeah. you know somebody will discover how to do this and probably use it for bad things regardless of what we do now 
but if we don't use this now for something good, like, then here's this really great thing we are in control of that we are no longer doing. And then they talk about how it ends up being, what it, what did they end up using it for? Like sustainable energy. Yeah. A nuclear power. Plant, yeah. Um, and ends up doing, you know, some real good. And I think we're supposed to infer that that's the same lesson um, to do with Project Quantum Leap. Like, yeah, there's the potential somebody could use it for wrongdoing, but at the end of the day, these guys have it now and they're doing it, using it for good now. Yeah. Well, there's the other part of the argument. We've actually seen evidence that someone else is using it. Yeah. Leaperettes. Regardless of what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. So if they were to not continue because of the morality of what they're doing and they're afraid of it, then these other people they already have it it doesn't matter anymore yeah. Yeah. then the people who are potentially nefarious just win yep. had we not created the nuclear weapons yes they're they're bad things we shouldn't have them but had we not created them we would all be you know under a dictatorship by now well right now you remember that um old flash video from the early 2000s the end of the world <laughs> this and is basically <laughs> But I am late tired. <laughs> Have a nap. Send fires in missiles. But I mean, honestly, that's all it takes is one one person to be like, let's fucking nuke someone, and yeah. then the entire world's gonna be in on it because everybody's got these weapons mm-hmm. that we. Oh, I don't want to think about this anymore. Have. Fucking Russia's too real. <sighs> too real. Ah, motherland. Fucking Putin. Um. We're now banned in I Russia. I do want to say, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, had we not been the ones to create nuclear bombs, and bombing Japan was awful, but had Japan not gone through that, Japan would not be the awesome country it is now. And awesome it is. Yeah, it, it is pretty awesome. They, they had a lot of outdated, very monarchistic totalitarian leadership and values that crumbled after World War II and eventually led them to be the cultural powerhouse that they are today. Yeah, that's true. By embracing modern society. It's still... Not necessarily Western, even though they kind of do embrace Western society, but they also embrace their own Eastern side, too. But, yeah, it's like... I I don't know. I, I, I get why we attacked them you know they attacked us we gotta defend ourselves right do I think it was overkill yes I think the second one was absolutely unnecessary exactly well this is grim again (laughs) Jesus Christ I mean we're talking about the 60s and nuclear technology I'm not super versed in like the timeline of nuclear weapons testing and uh like nuclear power plants and nuclear reactors and stuff but just like trying to pull on what i do know it does seem like 1962 feels like it was too late for this episode's sort of plot because i mean we already definitely had nuclear weapons i'm pretty sure that they had already been bombing in the desert before that period and um I don't know when I don't know much about nuclear reactors about when they 
became a I'm thing. It up. just seems all like a little bit too late. Like the the scientist should have already been aware that it. He should have been more self-aware that it didn't matter if he stopped this one because it's going to happen because it wasn't like close to after the war. It was twenty years after the war. Yeah. Well, it looks like it was but, big in the. Um, it says reactor development programs ran generally between 1945 and 1970. So this is kind of in the middle of that. Yeah. I mean, it's on like the last third. Yeah. Which I think reinforces my like clearly they weren't on the cusp of new things. They were just one of many. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like it was too late in the timeline for the scientists to be that blind to what Ben illustrated to him. But and it's just a minor. He, he could have also had. Yeah, he could have also had tunnel vision. Yeah. He he did. An idealist. Yeah. He was like, I don't want this specific reactor to be used. Because it's like, well, yeah. Well, hate <laughs> yeah. to break it to you. I also the the parallel between using technology for good or evil. I don't think there is a better example in real world te- real world technology to than nuclear. Yeah. Whereas it can cause this awful amount of destruction, but also nuclear power plants being the cleanest mass-producing power plant that still uses a fuel. Like, yes, wind is renewable, but wind doesn't always happen. Yeah. When you're using fuel, nuclear is the cleanest that exists that also has, like, the least deaths in all of the power plants. It's crazy how something so destructive can be used for something so good. Yeah. Um, I did worry in the beginning of this episode when we saw what was going on that they were going to like pull in a a sort of like anti-nuclear power kind of message because that is kind of a thing that's going on right now where people are scared of nuclear energy. Why are they scared Um, now? They haven't been scared for the past like... (laughs) 50, 60 years. Well, because there's a push for them now, more oh, so than gotcha. ever. Um, and so there's more pushback than ever as well. When nuclear power plants, even when you ac- account for everyone who's died in every accident that's ever happened, um, isn't even like a fraction of a percentage to how many people have died in coal manufacturing for coal power plants. Yeah. Well, and like coal but, on, um, on its own, like just mining it. You, I mean, it's killing the people and... The yeah, planet, you so. might you might not... Yeah, exactly. You might not die today, but 30 years down the road, you're probably going to get cancer and... Or the black yeah, lung. Yeah, the black lung. Yeah. <laughs> Zoolander again. Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> it's circling back to Zoolander. Um, but the show did not go that way. Yeah. It just showed the very neutral standpoint of all technology can be used for either or. And I enjoyed yeah, that. I, yeah, I did like that. I also swung the other way. Um, when we found out that it was a, a bomb that caused it, I was like, oh, are they going to go anti-oil lobbyists now? <laughs> I don't know if that was really as big of a thing as it w- was then as it is now. but Yeah, now it's like big time. Well... In any case, I really hope that now that the doorway has kind of been opened 
for Janice to work with the team and pretty much everybody but Addison is like open to it. Jen was she had some hesitation but I think after that chat with um, with Magic there that last conversation where she like admits like yeah we might have even been friends if she had been working with us all this time like she's clearly open to the idea that our team would be better with her on it. Yeah. Um, I hope that things can progress faster in that direction now in terms of like Janice being a more active part of the team. Um, Cause I feel like we haven't necessarily been beating around the bush with it, but I feel like she's been this mysterious, like antagonist figure for too long when we are all very well aware now that like, ultimately she's not an antagonist she doesn't need to be treated as such she does have a chip on her shoulder well sure but yeah (laughs) like i think we said before i don't think her goal is much different than the project's goal i think they're going to align yeah and she clearly cares about ben like and she trusts him and and i liked i liked that conversation that jen had with magic how she was upset and hurt. Um, and, like, I get that. Yeah. It's like, hey, why did you... Why did you side with her? I, I'm i your person. Yeah. I'm your eldest child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, the one like, that's that's always parroting what you say. Yeah, so, I mean... Like I, I get I get how she felt too in that situation. But it made for a nice moment of understanding by the end of that conversation. She definitely saw eye to eye with magic and was like, Yeah, you know, makes sense that you would feel this way and she should have been a part of our team all along. It's too bad also, we can't go back in time and fix that. <laughs> yeah. I also think it was good how she had magic see that his decisions aren't just on him. Yeah. Because I don't think he was going with that mentality. He's thinking about from yeah. a paperwork standpoint, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like, if I make the decision, I'm the one to blame. It's on my head. But that whole other aspect of him building the whole team as a family, yeah. he's trying to separate the family from yeah. the paperwork. Yeah, and they're like, it's too late for that. That's not going to be true. Like, So they won't be caught up in the paperwork, but they still have to live with themselves. Yes. Yeah. And he, he wasn't making that connection. Because he was, like, totally willing to be the only person going through that. Because from his perspective, he already was the guy going through all of that, carrying all the weight on his shoulders, being the guy whose fault everything mm-hmm. is. But but that's not how yeah. it is emotionally and mentally, even if it is what it is on paperwork. Yeah. yeah. And he would definitely have a different sense of guilt. Like, I let the whole team down. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they would still have that... They would still have the emotions of shit. We lost our friend, and it's partially due yeah. to something I did here or something I did there, yeah. kind of thing. Yep. What ifs? It'll yeah. kill you. Oh, God, I know. Yeah. Well, even if they had no responsibility, and it was like, yeah, they could say it was entirely Magic's fault. That's not going to make them feel better about it. Like that's not going to make the pain of not having their friend alive anymore hurt any less. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. Um, also, going back to, to Janice, uh, when Ian looked up Janice's uh, dissertation or whatever it was, the, the, the white papers, 
um, that they were the ones to actually even bring Janice into the conversation to begin with, and they were the ones to be the first. We talked about uh, like Jen and Magic and Addison, but uh, Ian was the one that actually brought her up first and got her included in this conversation yeah. today, and that was that was yeah. cool. It shows that Ian respects Janice. Yeah. Um, even with all the stuff that Janice has done to like Ziggy and stuff, Ian doesn't just see Janice as a, a villain, but as someone who he can learn from, basically. Yeah. I, I also like the uh, coffee scene. How they're like, I didn't poison it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Even Janice smiled at I that. know. I was like, oh, I like that. She had I, I to, mean, like, I... shake that mentality of, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not an enemy here. <laughs> like... Yeah. And there's, um... There, like like we said, or like Sydney said earlier, there is movement, and I think it will start to go faster. Um, I believe I mentioned it earlier that I felt like this part was moving really slow. The whole um, player knowledge, character knowledge, um, or in this case, watcher knowledge versus character knowledge, we know more than the characters, and that drag time is kind of starting to get too long the characters need to, to figure out what we've known for several episodes now. Well, also, um, but, you, you also mentioned, and we're coming up on it, that you think... Yeah, I was just going okay, to mention that. Yeah, um, we're coming up on that 12th episode, which was originally... The end, yeah, of, the the end of the season. So we're going to see some semblance of closure, whether it's f- probably not final, yeah. but there's going to be a an attempt to make a potentially satisfactory enough ending if they didn't get any more episodes and it wasn't renewed. Yeah. So we're even if they've like edited that, we're gonna get something major. I'm I'm almost certain of it. Yeah. And then the next six episodes will resolve the the, the next half of it. Unless the showrunners went totally balls out and didn't even care because they were just like, well, we either get to finish or we don't and then too bad for everyone if we don't <laughs> Well, they, they, I doubt that's what happened, though, no. so I think we're going to see They did something. say that there is a definite conclusion to the story arc. Yeah. So I, I'm putting my faith in them. Yeah, so it, you know. there's definitely going to be something happening in the next episode. Well, and we see that with Janice telling Addison that she's going to give her the name. Yeah. And, and so yeah. I always thought it was Ben who said who saw something or heard something and was like, well, shit, I got to leave. Well, it sounds like somebody outside all that. Yeah. But it could still be future Ben. It could be future Ben. Could be Leaper X. No, it can't be Leaper X because he said stop following me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, not necessarily. Maybe it was Sam. Or what if it's um, no one we even know yet? Possibly. I feel like that would be a little disappointing. That would be disappointing. Like we've met enough characters... Um, we either should know who they are specifically or know by proxy. Like, yeah. whoever uh, this uh, Hernandez guy is or whoever's controlling Hernandez, even if we don't know them specifically, we know they are an entity. Uh, yeah. And But if they just pull some random person out of a hat and it's something we have no context for, that'll be disappointing. Yeah, that will be. Um, yeah, I want to know what Hernandez or Libra X is up to. Because we haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, only the 
that one scene, yeah. and then they talked about him in the next episode, and that, that well, was they, pretty much they it. Well, did, they did uh, meet up oh. with him in, in present the present day. day. So yeah. I'm like, what's going on? Like, at that point, had he already left? I don't think you so. Don't think I think so? it was, I think that was future Hernandez, which I think is the same conclusion. Is it I Hernandez or Martinez? Last time. Oh, I thought it was Hold Hernandez. On. Um, but yeah, I had reached the same conclusion earlier, I'm pretty sure, that the present day him doesn't know anything about it yet, and the guy that ran into Ben oh. was probably a future version. Richard Martinez. Okay, Who the bad. heck is Hernandez? I probably know one. I know. Yeah, I know a few. And it ends with an easy. Um, if we have yeah. a listener named Hernandez, you guys are going to feel real bad. <laughs> we love you someone uh, but no one in, in context of the yeah. show well I'm like so used to calling him Leaper X that yeah. I forget his name a lot no other name matters yeah did they call him Leaper X in this show yet or no yeah Ian did. that was Ian's yeah, Ian, Ian did it. Ian coined it and Magic was like I'm not calling him that <laughs> oh yeah I remember that <laughs> uh, I did like that we finally got mention of Sam again. Yeah. It actually has been a while since they've kind of brought him up in any meaningful way. So when Magic was talking about him. Yeah. It's like you can tell that's his ghost. Yeah, I also like just hearkening back to the, the original source material, even though things are different, um, keeping it connected um, just feels natural and correct to yeah. me. Um, so I guess the big question would be um, do you think any of these conclusions whether it's episode 12 or episode 18 will have anything to do with Sam like is there a reason they brought him up again in this episode I want to say yes and no I don't know <laughs> I don't think necessarily like he's the one that told Ben to leap or they're going to find him or something like that, but there's going to be something he has done or will do that is going to affect the project in some way. Like, I, my prediction is that they're going to find evidence that he's still around doing yeah. things, but not him. I agree. Himself. There will be a, they're going a to Sam related revelation without actually having to show Scott Bakula. Yeah. But now that they got a season two, I mean, come on. Well, they'll leave it open for possibility. I mean, I know the invitation's always open. Yeah. Keep praying. Well, I'm also not fully conscripted to the fact that he's not in this season at all. Like, I know they said it, but, like, when you have uncredited cameos and, like, favors called in, it's pretty easy to hide that stuff. Yeah, but he also said that he's not doing it. Which uh, but can... He could also be under NDA. Yeah. Like, like I understand that it's not likely, but I'm not writing it off. Yeah. Either. I, you know, at some point he might, but, um, I'm not, will I be disappointed if he's not? I mean, maybe a little, but I enjoy the show as it is with the people that are here. And it's not going to be an 
ender for me if he never shows up. Here is my take on it. It's this current universe. Um, it relies on Sam. Mm-hmm. In the way that I was just saying, like, they keep connecting to him. And I don't think the show can move on and mature past that if they don't address it first. And they, they probably will before the season ends. Yeah. There has to be closure on Sam for these characters to mature past their connection to Sam. Even, even if that closure is, we found, like you said, we found evidence that Sam is doing his thing. He's happy where he's at and he does not want to come back. Yeah. There was actually a theory that was going around that Sam was leaping through time. And remember how Al was always like, um, oh, I joined the circus when I was a kid. Oh, this guy taught me how to play pool when I was a kid. There's like a theory. That's all Sam. Yeah, that it's all Sam <laughs> leaping into these people and like helping Al throughout his life. <laughs> I was like, that's a good theory. I, I saw it on Twitter, I want to say. I was like, if it was you, just let us know. I will give you credit. It's been a few weeks since I saw it, so. Hey, man, it has been, well, excuse me, it has been 30 years since the uh, uh, project concluded, so, or almost 30 yeah. years since the project concluded. I, I do imagine that in that time frame, he could have visited all of Al's past interactions with people. Yeah, because I don't think he's, I think once he transcended after Mirror Image, I, I say transcended, but I, you know. And he started, like, leaping as himself. I think he didn't have to deal with the time constraint that the string theory placed on him. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's just me. You have a kitty cat on your shoulder, or over your shoulder. I do. And she's purring, (laughs) she's purring suspiciously loud. (laughs) But she's so angry. Yep, she's so angry. She doesn't, she doesn't yes. want us to know. She she doesn't want people to know how happy and loving she is. So she puts on the angry face. While she purrs um, and snuggles you. And the ears. The devil ears, too. Very important. Boots always looks pissed off. <laughs> or annoyed. Or indifferent. So. Okay. So, is there any... Um, historical milestone that you would like to go take part in or at least witness like if you had like how Ben got to go see uh, I mean I guess I debated how historical it actually was because it was like later in the yeah whatever. but from but, Ben's perspective <laughs> but it to was. him it was a nerdy it was a nerdy project thing nerdy science thing that he got to take part in uh, what kind of instant um, sort of like nerdiness, instant gratification would you get from witnessing or taking part of something uh, if you had that chance to go and be part Opening of day at Disneyland. Easy. Ah. I'd want to okay. see Walt's original dedication speech, see the ladies getting their heels stuck in the in the unfinished pavement, <laughs> <laughs> um, see the all of the opening attractions as they were at the very, very beginning, I mean, super easy, man. I would, I would just love to see that. Yeah, I, I'd check out the Apollo program for sure. Hmm. Start to finish. Be, uh, would you be 
if it was a leaping situation, would you leap into someone who was like on the moon? That would be the bomb. I, I have actually touched the moon. What? That's right. I, I... Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? Mm-hmm. I'll have to share a picture on Instagram. Um, How? How did you do There's this teacher. She's part of a program that it, they're partnered with NASA and they give her like all sorts of stuff um, to show to her classroom. And it's like in this big briefcase. Mm-hmm. And it's got moon rocks. It's Whoa. got things they've found in like meteorites wow. and just like all this cool stuff. So I have held the moon. That's I would cry. I, w- I was like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever. And yeah, and actually one time, um, I was working the front desk in Lake Elsinore, and these two guys came in, and they were NASA investigators. What? I guess someone had been on, I don't know, Craigslist or whatever, saying they were selling moon rocks. And they had to investigate it, because how the hell does this person get moon rocks? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. So I was, like, geeking out. So definitely, I would want to go back to the Apollo days. I just, even just to be a mission control, like, how badass would that be? One of the people that just watches numbers to make sure they're all... Yeah. <laughs> okay, their hearts are still beating. <laughs> yeah. That's important. It's very important. Uh, for me, mine's um, less historical in the fact of... In, like, the technological, like, human society sort of way. But I would want to be part of the team who created special effects on the original Star Wars. Oh, man. That would be so cool. Basically, the first employees of ILM. Wasn't that, like, pretty low budget? And oh, yeah. Yet it reshaped the yeah. entire sci-fi se- uh, oh, yeah. genre? I mean, low budget, I think it was a, a few mil- million dollars. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> but documentary, what it was, watch it. But what they had to do was the, the way they stretched their money. The reason why ILM was created is because it was the cheapest option. He couldn't pay anyone to get what he wanted. Yeah. So he had to hire just a couple guys to just do shit. Yeah. And it still pretty much stands up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they invented processes that were used until they could be replaced by yeah. CGI. Yeah. Um, and when they don't use CGI, those are still the processes that yeah. they use. Yeah. Like so in-camera tricks. They were the ones that created uh, um, on very primitive computers. You know, this is the 70s. Yeah. Um, computer-controlled camera motions. Because they would have to record the exact same thing, like six or seven times, once with... A shadow once with a tie fighter once with a white out once with the blackout and the camera would have to be perfectly in sync yeah. as well as the ship if the ship wasn't stationary which it usually would be um otherwise the the, the film because they were exposing the same piece of film over and over and over again so it had to be precise and they created all of that which is stuff that's still used yeah yeah that, that was pretty cool when i first read about how they did all that. I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, you should watch the um, the documentary on Disney Plus about the beginnings of ILM and the 
it, it's uh, it's fascinating. It's really cool. Cool. Yeah, highly yeah. recommend. Very cool. Well, all right then. Uh, are we plugging anything? I have no plugs this week. I'm behind on everything. Same. Um, of course, you know, you could still check out um, my Twitch page. Uh, I will be streaming there. And uh, you'll get the notifications if you follow it. Um, so you can go ahead and do that. The link is in the show notes. Um, I, I have a Japanese Nintendo, which is called a Famicom, oh, to work on. Yeah. I want to play with that once it works. I have to modify it first. It works, but the Famicom didn't have composite, which is the, the red, yellow, white plugs. It only had RF, oh. the, the, the TV cable plug. I have an adapter for that somewhere. Uh, it won't work oh. with uh, the Japanese one. They used different frequencies, and my television doesn't have the frequency that it displays on, so I can't tune into the channel that it's actually displaying on. Um, so, But the, the, the mod is uh, pretty straightforward. Um, as well as I'm making a light gun uh, that should work on modern screens. Cool. You know, like the Nintendo Zapper. Nice. Um, which only work on CRTs um, because modern screens refresh too quickly and oh. it breaks the technology. Uh, but there are ways to retrofit and use different components, and so they will work. Cool. Uh, so I'll be making one soon. That's actually a commissioned project, so I have to wait for the guy to send me all the stuff. I'm going to make it, stream it, he's going to pay me, and then I send it back. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be happening in the next like couple weeks. That's cool. Um, um, Dark Crystal um, Podcast. Oh. <laughs> That's it. We're, oh, yeah. Um, it's still happening. Still got new. Uh, new episodes have been posted since last we recorded, and um, more stuff is coming. Uh, we've got some interviews coming up, and um, they, we just had a 40th anniversary screening of the movie in England that was run by the same people who ran the convention. And um, so we're going to be recapping that with some people who went to it. And yeah, so if you like puppets, same place, same uh, same plugs as usual. My, my, my podcast to listen to list is sadly very long right now. I haven't had a chance. I usually listen at work, but um, I'm training, so I don't have time to listen at work. That's understandable. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. You have to wait until the job's monotonous enough. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, I think we did the thing. Well, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this week as we discussed um, this week's episode of Quantum and Leap Swordfish. and and Swordfish. And now buttons. we're gonna explode and do it four more times. Just kidding. No, not. I hope not. Th that would be. I don't yeah, want to explode. No, me neither. I'm. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> did Did you notice? Like, okay, real quick. Did you notice? Like, by the third time, when that explosion went off, he just looked annoyed. His face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to imagine the death itself was fast enough that it wasn't super painful. Yeah. I mean, um, he, which is fortunate. He didn't seem traumatized by it. Like, I mean, he did, yeah. but he didn't seem like, oh my god, that was the worst pain I yeah. ever felt. I think yeah. that the main, the bulk of the trauma was had by the team back home. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Too. And Addison. I do hope they en end up going into more of what's happening with his consciousness in between yeah. leaps, and um, or like like. The, for the time that he's dead. Yeah. yeah. 
like be good to explore that from a from the sciencey fiction part of yeah, it. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Anyway, just questions I want to answer. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here, and we hope to see you guys next time. Bye. What did you think of today's show? Send us a message on Anchor or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at PQL Podcast. Links will be provided in the show notes. Show us some love. Follow and subscribe, and don't forget to leave a rating in your favorite podcast app. You can also help support the podcast by visiting either our Anchor support page or PayPal link in the show notes. All supporters will get a special mention at the end of our episodes, and we are working on new and exciting perks to bring you in the future. 